Welcome back to Specialty Coffee Talk, the show where we talk high-quality coffee in a low-quality way. Uh, today, we are going to be interviewing John from Abide Coffee Roasters. Very excited about this. We're going to do a cupping, and then we're going to get into more coffee, uh, different issues and things that go on in coffee. So Eric is with us today. Eric, say hi. Hello. All right. Let's get into the show. All right, John, so we're doing a cupping today. Um, you've got four different coffees here. Go ahead and uh, you know, bring us into that. Sure. Uh, first thing, I just wanted to say thank you both uh, to Philip and Eric uh, for inviting me to, to come on here and, and just talk. And it's such a, a great opportunity um, just to, to reach the fan base and you know, uh, really be able to share our passion and our love for coffee. And at Abide, you know, coffee is is so important, but more important than that is even people. And so just being able to have you guys in, in our home today, our home slash coffee roastery, and uh, uh, just being able to share these coffees with you and the stories behind them is, is, is just fantastic. So uh, the coffees that we have today, we have a coffee from Peru. Uh, it's a Peru Chantali. Uh, we also have a coffee from uh, Honduras. Um, that's a organic Honduras Paca Vida. And then we have two coffees from Ethiopia, and those two I'm, I'm really excited about. It, they come from the Guji Gigesa. Um, that's actually a, um, a mill or wash plant, and we have a natural processed and a washed processed. And so the only difference between those two beans is the actual processing, but what you'll notice in the cup is that the coffees are completely different in terms of their flavor profile. Um, so the coffee from Peru, we don't see too many uh, Peruvian coffees. This one caught our eye uh, from one of our importers, Genuine Origin, and we thought we'd give it a give it a shot. We think it's a wonderful coffee, kind of an everyday coffee. It's very mellow, very balanced, really good flavors, um, something that can really just be enjoyed uh, every morning, kind of sipping out in the backyard in the cool, crisp of, uh, of the day. Um, and uh, just just something we like to have um, on hand. Unfortunately, it's it's currently out for this current season, but we'll be keeping our eye out for it. Um, our next coffee is the Honduras um, Pacavita Reserve. Uh, this one was also provided by Genuine Origin. Uh, this one's an incredibly bright coffee, one of the lightest coffees that we roast. So it should have a very strong acidity. Uh, lemon um, really comes forward um, as well as a little bit of cocoa and you might even pick up on raisin uh, which is kind of fun um, in terms of that raisin kind of mouthfeel. Um, now both the, these coffees uh, from Genuine Origin, um, Genuine Origin is a branch of Volcafe and Volcafe has been importing coffee for hundreds of years and they started this pet project called Genuine Origin and we immediately were attracted to them because they are intricately involved in the um, sustainability of small-scale farmers. And what that means is just to kind of, you know, put an umbrella around this, this, this issue of sustainability. We have farmers throughout the world who are struggling to keep their family plots. You know, they've had these, these coffee farms in their families for, for generations. And uh, they spend all year producing a coffee crop. And they are not able to sustain themselves financially uh, throughout the year um, when they sell that crop. So they're working a full-time a full job, but they can't keep themselves paid. They can't put food on the table, and they can't put clothes on, on, their, on, their, on their kids. So what's happening is a lot of these small farms, they're selling 
they're selling off their farms and they're going into kind of larger conglomerate, um, um, you know, business, business, uh, businesses are, are acquiring these farms and making kind of corporate, corporate coffee farms. We had a similar situation here in America. We used to have what was called agriculture. Agriculture was where f families had their own um, plots of land. They grew their food. They sold to an open market. They sustained themselves throughout the, throughout the year that way. Um, now we have what's called agribusiness. We have corporations coming in and buying up all the coffee farms. They push down the prices. People can't sustain, so they sell their farms off. Um, we really would like to see these small family farms in South America and Central America and Indonesia and Africa um, uh, be sustained. We want to see them continue into the next generations because these individual farms produce very specific types of coffees that have distinct flavor profiles. And um, losing that, we, we, we lose some of the, um, the dimension in coffee and we lose uh, possibility for, um, you know, for, for finding these, these really special, um, special coffees that um, when they get mixed in with other, with other lots, they just, we, we lose, we lose it. So um, we would really like to see, you know, um, uh, companies like Genuine Origin uh, and another importer we work with, Bodhi Leaf, um, who practice direct trade, who go down to the farms, who shake hands with the farmers, who instruct them and give them information to improve the quality of their crops so that it can reach uh, specialty grade, which is the highest grade of, of coffee. Um, and for those of you who have your bag of Starbucks that says premium coffee or your, you know, your Don Jose's from Costco, I mean, it's coffee, it's good coffee, but premium is actually not the top. It's specialty is, is the highest grade that you can get. And these, um, companies like Genuine Origin or Bodhi Leaf are doing what they can to help these small time farmers produce a higher crop, uh, higher yielding crop, a better product that can fetch a higher price on the open market. And it's helping these families keep their farms. So for us, that's incredibly important. Because as I mentioned, we, we love coffee, but we love people more. And our mission is to love people through coffee from seed to cup. And that's one of the ways we, we try and do that, is we want to make sure that the people who are planting the seed in the ground, who are tending it, who are caring for it, who, um, who are picking the cherries off of the tree, the, those laborers, um, the people at the processing mills, um, all the way, all the way from the growth to the sea to the cup that you taste. Um, we want to make sure that that entire line of um, transference, everybody in that line is being taken care of. And so that's why that's incredibly important, um, important to us. And so these are just the, the two importers that we're working with now. There are others out there, uh, Cafe Imports. We'd love an opportunity to work with them. Uh, we haven't found an opportunity to purchase from Onyx Coffee, mm -hmm. who specializes in Guatemalans, um, though we have cupped a number of their offerings, and they're fantastic. Um, uh, sp specifically, I remember an El Diamante that we tasted, and it, it blew everybody at the table away. So uh, we, we hope for opportunities to work with more of these importers, and Lord willing, we, we really hope for an opportunity um, to go to source and go to origin ourselves one day and and meet the the people and talk with them and hear from them and uh, make our own um, make our own contracts make it build our own relationships and and really um, bring you know bring those people into 
you know, into our lives, not just from a distance, but, but up close. So, um, now anybody, when I roast a coffee, what I really try and do is very simple. I try and not mess up all of the work that went into the coffee before I ever got it. So that's, um, that's a responsibility that I take to, to the roast, uh, to the roaster every time I turn it on, uh, when I'm developing a profile or I'm trying to repeat a profile for production. I really want to make sure that I'm treating that coffee with respect um, for, for the, the countless hours and the hard work that goes into, into processing it. So I really try and think about what the coffee should taste like based on its origin and what, um, you know, what it is that, that I'm, I'm trying to accentuate. So if we're working with a Guatemala, uh, I want to highlight, you know, the chocolatiness or the nuttiness of a, of a natural Guatemala from Antigua. And if I'm working with a natural, I, I, I want to enhance the sweetness or the, um, or the fruit flavors that, that are profiled. And, and so that's um, incredibly important um, for myself as a roaster. When I, when I approach the bean, um, I, I want to approach it with respect and I, I'd like to think that if, um, you know, if the farmer who, who raised the crop came to my table, he'd be, he'd be pleased or he or she would be pleased with, with what I'm, with what I'm roasting. Um, so, um, you know, that's, that's my basic philosophy as I approach, uh, roasting each of these coffees and, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to taste a few of these and, uh, get your guys' perspective, um, on them. Cool, John. I'm super excited. Oh man, Philip, which one are you most excited about? I think for me, probably the comparison of the wash to the natural, because the natural I would expect to be a little more fruit forward. And so I'm, I'm really interested in that. But what are you, uh, you're, oh, you're, you're eyeing that Peru, huh? Yes. Yeah, I want to try that. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> so John, a couple, a couple little things as we continue on here. You mentioned that you have your master's degree. Let's let's because I think it's really interesting. It's a fun, interesting little tidbit there. Yeah, yeah. My my day job currently is uh, is as an archaeologist, and um, yeah. So uh, most people uh, Indiana Jones, except well, he goes and finds coffee. <laughs> I think that's accurate. That is awesome. Usually, the first question is uh, how how many dinosaur bones have I have I found, and um, you know that's that's uh, paleontology, archaeology. We specialize in the material re remains of human culture, and specifically, um, my genuine area of interest is in hunter-gatherer cultures here in Southern California, and it's it's been a pretty cool ride. I've met a lot of people through through archaeology and been able to forge some pretty important relationships with uh, the the local Native American tribes in the region. There's actually quite a few. Um, and anytime we uh, have a project where we have an archaeological resource on site, you know, it's, it's our responsibility to treat that resource with respect, um, to take in differing opinions about the resource and what, uh, what makes it significant. And then we do our best to treat that resource, um, and that can take on many different, uh, many different um, faces or uh, many different uh, ideas come to the table when it when it comes to treating a resource, and 
The unfortunate thing about our business is that we are funded by uh, developers, whether it's private developers or uh, city, uh, state, or federal agencies looking to to produce to to do a project, um, transportation projects, water basin projects, uh, um, any type of land improvement project. They have to comply with certain laws. Um, and they have to get permits, and so that brings environmental review and compliance into into play. So, usually, when we're called out to do work, it means uh, that a project's going to be coming through, and in most situations, it means a number of those resources that we do find will have to be um, will be taken, you know, as a result of the project. So, with that understanding, um, we really try and do our best to preserve as much as we can. Um, to conserve what resources uh, we can in open space to preserve information um, as well as just uh, setting you know how, how these how these resources um, are currently in uh, in the broader landscape we try and document that as best as possible and um, do our best to do do right by the by the sites you know so that's my day job um, I've been doing that for about 14 years and um, about October of last year, we, I really felt <laughs> that, uh, I was being called into a different direction. And to be honest, I thought that direction was going to be pastoral ministry, but, uh, I think God had a different idea and what he kept showing me was coffee. And my wife and I just laughed and we, we thought that can't be a calling, but the more and more, we kind of uh, looked into it the more and more it just seemed like this was what we were supposed to do. So um, I actually uh, just took a big leap of faith and uh, on Wednesday announced to my company that I would be, um, that I had the intention to leave at the end of the year um, in order to, of this year. um, Breaking news, specialty coffee talk. (laughs) Um, I, I was I was very clear that that was that that is what I was supposed to do. So I'm incredibly excited to be able to turn my attention full time into coffee, and incredibly frightened at the prospect of turning my time full time into coffee. Um, but we we truly trust uh, um, in a big God, and we have faith that uh, you know what He puts His hand to. He will sustain, and we don't know what that's going to look like for us, but in the meantime, we're going to stay focused on our mission and trying to bring um, good coffee to people and allow that uh, coffee to help us do what we want to do, and that is just to, to spread a message of love and um, of, um, of peace and, and just um, sh- uh, creating something where people can, can come together and, and have community. You know, nothing like coffee uh, creates community you know it's something that um, you use as an excuse to get together Um, if you ever need to have an important conversation it's like let's just go have it over coffee or um, you know you're not you're looking for something to do why don't we go to the coffee shop and so coffee is just kind of this touch point this uh, this this kind of medium for connecting people and so that's what we want to do is connect great people to good coffee and um, really share with them just just a love you know a love for people because i think in today's world um, when we're surrounded by so much tragedy and heartbreak really the only thing that overcomes that is love and so uh, we're going to do what we can with our little coffee company 
Um, we're going to try and um, abide in our faith and in our beliefs and try and, and get that message out to other people. So uh, we've been talking a lot about coffee. I think we should probably try and taste some, right? Yeah, I'll try and have some. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is the real question. Where do you get these ridiculously sized cupping spoons? <laughs> so they're actually soup spoons, you know, go figure. But we, we got our entire cupping set from Espresso Parts, okay. and we picked it up on a Black Friday sale. So we were able to get uh, like a six-person cupping set for an amazing price, and we have been incredibly pleased with it. It came from everything to the blue trays for our coffee beans, uh, the cups. Uh, it came with um, clear glass uh, cups for, for the water, and then uh, the spoons. So you know definitely a great a great deal and uh, they've just they've got a lot of equipment at really good prices so if you're looking for a cupping set they have them as small as i think for like two to four people and then all the way up to you know 20 30 people cupping sets but um, that's where we got it and we've uh, we've enjoyed it we've done a, a lot of cuppings here in our home we do offer private cuppings either here in our home or we'll take the show kind of on the road if people would like to do a cupping in their house and occasionally we'll announce that on social media. You know, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, um, as well as Pinterest. But that was kind of my wife's suggestion, and I don't really keep up with the Pinterest. But we, <laughs> it's there if anybody, if anybody wants to uh, to see it. But um, social media is great. It's provided us a, an opportunity for free marketing, and as a startup, you can't pass that up. And we really try and use that to our advantage. We like doing a lot of contests and giving free product away. And every week we announce uh, like a coffee of the week or a weekend coffee sale. And, um, you know, our heart is to share uh, good coffee with great people. And we don't, want, we don't want people to walk away from our coffee because they may not be able to afford it. So mm -hmm. the idea of being able to reduce the price on our coffee every once in a while and, and provide that opportunity for somebody um, – yeah, that's that's awesome to us and um, speaks also to our mission and um, I got I got to share with you just this last uh, weekend we got invited out by, by a good friend of our, ours uh, Andrew Enos to to serve coffee at an event um, at Wildwood Calvary Chapel it was for the young adults and when we went we just knew like we just need to make this free and we uh, we did pour overs that night of the Ethiopia natural and the Ethiopia washed. And with every, f the, the reaction on people's faces when they had that, that natural and what they would, what they said to us, um, when they, when they drank it, including one girl who like walked over to the cream and I'm, my heart's kind of like starting to beat in that moment. Like she's going to put cream in the natural, but I'm like, no, no, you got to love, you got to love people and let them do what they want to do. But, uh, she took a sip and she stops and she turns around. She says, no, I'm going to drink this black. And you, you can't ask for anything better than that. But to, you know, the truth is, 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 you know, if we were telling people, you know, it's $5, $6 for a pour over, People, not as many people would have experienced it. So to know that we got to share that coffee that night um, with those people was great. It was just a great opportunity for us, an incredible blessing. And 
to be honest, um, people ended up donating money and we probably made more than we would have if we sold. So that's sometimes how the Lord works. He's just like, trust me in doing this and he takes care of us. So. Hello, everybody. I'm at the beach. I uh, just wanted to pop in and say thanks for listening to episode one of the Abide Coffee Roasters interview. We'll be back with more. Till then, get a good cup of coffee, take a sip and smile. We'll be back for another conversation.